In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. And as we enter the last stretch of Pursuit of God, we're grateful to have them with us. Uh, they are father and mother figures to us here at Jesus House. Um, um, he's my pastor. Um, everybody knows that. And um, uh, their commitment to what God is doing here, is, is, it goes beyond the boundaries of duty. Um, and when the video introduction uh, is over, if we can appreciate him for really 25 years of, of, of being used by God, both him and his wife, Auntie Miriam, who just, Dr. Mrs. Miriam Onuzo, who just uh, blessed the fathers. If we can appreciate him for 25 years of just being there for us, you know, uh, on, at the top of the hills and also with us in the valleys, the times we had to go through valleys, he's always been there for us. Please let's show him our appreciation after the video introduction. Amen. Dr. Oke Onizo is a consultant nephrologist and the pioneer physician of the first private dialysis center in Nigeria. Since receiving an apostolic calling in teaching and prophetic ministries, he has seen the Holy Spirit expand his ministry to touch lives all over the world. Dr. Onuzo is a renowned conference and seminar speaker. He is also the associate pastor of the National Headquarters Church of the Foursquare Gospel Church in Nigeria. We are privileged to have him here with us today. Please rise and give a warm welcome to Dr. Oke Onuzo. Someone praise the Lord. We give God all the glory. Amen. You may please be seated. My wife and I are pleased and blessed to be here to fellowship with you. Amen. I, I, I had the privilege, you know what technology does, to go back and see some of the things that has been going on the pursuit of God up till today. And they have been really wonderful. Particularly, I've gone through some of the declarations. And I sense uh, that uh, there are people that are prepared to truly enter into the struggle for the kingdom of God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. But before we do... <laughs> <laughs> a little a little talk with Jesus do you have that oh you don't have that okay gracious spirit holy ghost shall we oh do we do you have gracious spirit holy ghost ah okay alright let us rise and take that Gracious Spirit, Holy Ghost, taught by Thee, we covet more. 
at Pentecost, holy heavenly love. Love is kind and suffers long. Love is meek and thinks no wrong. Love than death itself most strong. very life into us. As you have positioned us to embrace the life transforming struggle for the kingdom of God, may it please you to open our eyes and enlist us into your army that your kingdom may prosper in our hands everywhere we go. For in Jesus precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may please be seated. I initially had to uh, ask Pastor Ago about what they had in mind with the theme overflow. And he gave me Amos 9.13 and said I must read it in the Amplified Version. Because if you read it in other versions, it doesn't come out like that. And that amplified version says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. The mountain shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. That is, everything heretofore, barren and unfruitful, shall overflow with spiritual blessing. Can somebody say amen to that? And buried within that is uh, 
a word from Leviticus chapter 26, beginning from verse 3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, I will give you rain in due season. The lion shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field yield their fruit. And your threshing time shall reach to the vintage, and the vintage time shall reach to the sowing time. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land securely. I will give peace in the land. You shall lie down, and none shall fill you with dread or make you afraid. And I will clear ferocious wild beasts out of the land, and no sword shall go through your land. You shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will be leaning toward you with favor and regard for you, rendering you fruitful, multiplying you, and establishing and ratifying my covenant with you. And you shall eat the abundant old store of produce long kept and clear out the old to make room for the new. I will set my dwelling in and among you. My soul shall not despise or reject or separate itself from you. And I will walk in and, with and among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that you shall no more be slaves. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect as free men. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And what you notice from that scripture is the divine eagerness to bless the moment you and I are compliant. It's amazing. It's not a reluctant God that you have to persuade. No. It's a God that is ready to bless the moment you and I begin to toe the line. And that's what everybody needs to capture. It doesn't need, you don't need to be special for God to bless you. You make yourself special through obedience. And that's why I got quite a lot of help from the re reflections. Yes. You know, the power of repentance, to turn a man's fortune around before God. It's amazing. It's amazing. And that's why I always say that um, the greatest favor a man can do, a woman can do to himself before God is to be honest. Yes. Because the person you are before knows the truth. So just be honest. And then everything will begin to work. Can you say amen to that? Now come with me to Joel chapter 3, because that scripture in Amos also relates to it. Job chapter 3, 14 says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord will thunder and roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be a refuge for his people and a stronghold to the children of Israel. Can you say amen to that? So you shall know, understand, and realize that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and strangers and foreigners not born into the family of God shall no more pass through it. Verse 18, and in that day, 
the mountains shall drip with fresh juice of the grape, and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks and riverbeds of Judah shall flow with water. And a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord and shall water the valley of Shittim. And somebody said, Amen. Now what do you say to a people looking for an overflow of the Spirit from heaven. Like I said, after listening to some of the declarations, I can sense that you have been sufficiently primed to position your mind, position yourself to be part of what God wants to do through us. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The first thing you say to them is that your hunger and thirst is in the right direction. And the Lord has promised to satisfy the hunger and the thirst of those who want to see righteousness prevail on the land to the glory of God. Can you say amen? amen. Take a look at the state of the world in general. Then you look at the state of the nation in particular. And in all dimensions... From deep within you, you know that heaven must invade this place. It just has to. Because there's no solution anywhere. Every arm of leadership is confused. Everywhere you turn, confusion confronts you. There is confusion spiritually. There is confusion morally. There is confusion politically, economically, strategically. Given such integrated complexity, we have no other choice but to lift up our eyes onto the hills, seeking help from heaven. We must realize that overflow is about walking the same path the spiritual fathers of this country walked. John Knox, John and Charles Wellesley, William Booth, Smith Wigglesworth, and the countless others who knew in their time that a visitation from heaven was the only solution. There's no other way. Overflow is a heart cry of the many or the few. You see, that's why I, I when pastor was saying, I wish, how I wish everybody was part of this. Because there's a lot of strength in numbers, as we will see. As I meditated on this, the Holy Spirit asked me a question. What are they asking for? What are they asking for? And I answered promptly, revival. Then the next question, and what do they mean by revival? If we put that question to every worshiper here today, I'm sure we shall get many answers. Ranging from those who need to feel a few goosebumps in church, to those who seek a powerful visitation that will change mindsets, 
lifestyles and spiritual orientation. Those who want the real thing, it's not an experience. No, they want to see the power of God change lives, knowing that it's impossible to have a changed nation without changed individuals. It's impossible. This is a visitation that will impact the church and the society alike, bringing spiritual, moral, cultural, political, and strategic redirection. It is a visitation that will clean up the church and clean out the world in order to emerge a society ruled by the fear of God and the love of Christ. In other words, God wants our prayers to be specific. You know, not, not, so, 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 I want, I want the move of God. So what exactly do you want to see? And the guy doesn't know. Well, whatever he likes. Have you heard that before? You know, like in the early days of the Pentecostal movement. So why don't you seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Oh, no. If God likes it, let him give me. So no, it doesn't work that way. You have to come and say, what do you want? What do you want? You see, that takes me, that takes me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind but Timaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Blind Bartimaeus was crying out generally for mercy. Our Lord Jesus stopped and asked him, exactly what do you want? Mercy can be anything for a beggar. Do you know, I have been in a service. I was uh, uh, doing the healing line. It was in Sacramento. America. And I was praying for people. And every time they come, the pastor will um, um, ask them, what do you want? What do you want? Prayer for. Then they will say, and I'll pray for them. Then a lady comes. And then the pastor was like, what do you want to be prayed for? He said, oh, I just want to get a little better. <laughs> I never heard that before. So he doesn't really want to be well completely, just a little better. I never prayed that prayer before, but anyway, I said, Lord, this lady wants to be a little better. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, 
When I got back to Atlanta, where my brother is, I, said, I narrated my experience. Oh, he said to me, you know what it is? She lives on disability payments, so she can't afford to get well. <laughs> because the checks will stop. <laughs> so when you say, have mercy, you know, we have to be sure. Do you want to get well? you want to get a little better? <laughs> So Jesus had to make sure that this man was definitely sure of what he is asking for. And of course, um, blind Bartimaeus was ready with his answer. Lord, I want to see. Wake him up. Uh, first thing in the morning, middle of the night, I want to see. There's nothing like that in prayer. I want to see. Every day I want to see. Every day I want to see. Okay, see now. That's what you want. This is what we shall call. So the, to the overflow seekers come the question. Exactly. Exactly what do you want? Because you don't give the spirit. And people walk away and go home. What are you asking for this for this overflow because overflow is the spirit come down what do you need him for and there can only be one answer from my perspective in the face of what is going on we can only answer a new united kingdom ruled by the fear of God and the love of Christ as revealed in the word of God. A new united kingdom under God. That's what we want. You see, this whole thing is multifaceted. You know, we prayed today um, when the lady came up. Um, unity, right? Yes, we prayed about unity, coming together. That's only one aspect. And then we, we, we could pray about individuals repenting from their sins. That's another aspect. But a new united kingdom under God, that's a bundle. That's a bundle. And it will embrace everything. And you see, it will make a lot of difference, as we will see, to prayer. When there are countless voices demanding a new united kingdom under God. Because then they will send what we call the angelic builders to work. They will send the angelic builders to work. This is what we shall call inclusive, all-inclusive revival. That will produce a shift spiritually, morally, culturally, politically, in every direction. It will exchange political correctness for truth. By the power of God, it will change mindsets at every level of society. We do not seek a patched up United Kingdom. You know, Brexit is better, the other one is better. No, no, you know, that's what Jesus said when he came here. He said, you don't put new wine into old wine. No, you can't patch it up, it won't work. It won't work, you need a revolution. A complete transformation. And we will see how that works. 
So we seek a new United Kingdom in the hands of the Lord, ruled by the love of Christ and under the moral and spiritual authority of the Word of God, just like it used to be. So that when you say something is wrong, and they say, says who? Say the Bible. And everybody will recognize and embrace that authority. Not because I persuaded them, but because they were convicted by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, you can overhear, as I can overhear, the skeptics saying, that's unrealistic. That's not possible. Given the plurality, the complexity of society now. To, to, talk about, to talk about a nation under God in this age, given all the different groups and, and, and champions, you know. Now, I want us to go to Mark chapter 10. For those who don't understand the way of the Spirit, let's go to Mark chapter 10, from verse 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 26, and they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? In other words, if rich men don't enter heaven, who can enter? <laughs> <laughs> now and Jesus said to look at them and said with men it is what? that is it so when skeptics say it's not possible I say with men it is not possible it is not possible but not with God for with God all things are possible and that's why, you see, you can pray that prayer without shaking. You can pray that prayer with expectation. This is God. This is God. This is not man. And you see, when I say those prayers, the first thing I say to God is, you know what to do to get this uh, done. Yes, you know what to do. You see, you're not talking of men, about men who are short of options. You're talking about God who knows what to do. You know, as we look at, you see, when the church was born at Pentecost, the church needed an advocate that could tackle gentle, gentle intellectualism. And you know what God did? He made a, what we call a strategic conversion. He arrested Paul. Oh, yes. And Paul could, could handle Gentile intellectualism. That's why he could say, the Greeks, they seek after wisdom. The Jews seek after a sign. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block. To the Greeks, foolishness. But to us who are being saved, Christ, 
the power of God. Christ, the wisdom of God. And was the world changed? Of course, within two years. The Bible said the whole known world, Christianity had already infiltrated the whole known world. So, when you say those prayers, think about God. Don't think about men. Think about God who knows what to do. He knows what to do. And say it to him repeatedly. You know what to do, oh God. You know what to do to bring about this change. So let us join our hearts together as we wind down POG 2019. Let us together cry out to God and say, give us a new united kingdom ruled by the fear of God and the love of Christ so that our nation, the united kingdom, will emerge to become one nation under God. Can you say amen to that? It is therefore uh, uh, important to know that God has what we call the overflow department in heaven. How many believe that? That's an overflow department in heaven. <laughs> Come with me to John chapter 3, 34. John chapter 3, 34. The Bible says, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the spirit by what? In other words, God doesn't come and say, John, I'll give you 5% spirit. Mary, you are serious. I'll give you 50%. Ah, Peter, wow, 75. There's no such thing. The spirit is given without what? At all. There's no restriction. It is the problem of the vessel. Say, God gives the spirit without measure. And so, an unknown person, unknown amongst men, can be so empowered because they have offered no resistance to the spirit in their lives. You know? And the spirit said, apologize to your husband. He's going to think I'm begging him more. <laughs> but anyway, because you said so, I'll apologize. That is it, too. The people, they offer no resistance to the Spirit. Whatever the Spirit wants. And they do it consciously, knowing that if you are not if flexible in his hand to do as he pleases, he can't empower you to the full measure you can accommodate. It's capacity. And you, through our obedience, through our sensitivity to the will of God, through our sensitivity to divine pleasure and displeasure, we increase our capacity. And that's why, you see, it's good, like the pastor said, let everybody be in on this. Do you know why? We never know who is going to do it in the end. We never know. I used to say to people, do you know, the reason why they saved me maybe just to let you know that God can use you. Oh yes, that's what John said. I just came here to introduce the man. And since I've introduced him, my job is, uh, oh yes, my job is done. You never know, you never know. You never know 
the man or the woman that will bring down the fire. And that's why, you see, if you stay home, sometimes, you see, I've, I've said this in different ways. I said, if you live godly, please join. Because you're wasting it. You're wasting it. All that sacrifice to live godly, and you're not into prayer. So what, what are you going to do? It's just, it's just a waste. And then people who are not living godly are making Ramashan Darabamasiri. And they will just hit the ceiling and uh, come down. And you that are living godly, you're staying home. It doesn't make any sense. So if you, are, if you are going through the discipline of godly living, join the prayer. Because the Bible says that prayer of a righteous man is very effective. It's very, very effective. You see, God does not give the Holy Spirit by measure. It is the capacity of the vessel that is the limiting factor. Okay? And that's why I, I, it resonated with me when the brother spoke about repentance. Because the Bible says, if any man does what? Purges himself. Then he changes his status. He will be a vessel with an enlarged capacity, a vessel to honor, sanctified and suitable for the master's use. Okay? And, and, and we, the pastor has said, let this not be another POG. No. Overflow is not ordinary. You know, a little anointing, that's ordinary. Come on, everybody's seeking a little. But overflow? No, that's serious business. That is serious business, okay? So it's important for you and I to really engage, okay? Self-purging is a continuous process akin to climbing a ladder. If you slip up and fall back, you pick yourself up and keep climbing. That's what Christianity is about. There are no perfect people out there, no. You slip up. You pick up yourself, and then you keep climbing. Okay? Never stop where you fell. That's a tragedy. As for God's enabling grace to start again, and God's sustaining grace to keep you and I climbing. This is the message of 1 John 2, verse 1. Okay? I'm writing this to you, my children, so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have... Someone who pleads with the Father on our behalf. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And Christ himself is the means by which our sins are forgiven. Not our sins only, but also the sins of everyone. Then the last point on this uh, service I will make is faith. Okay? So we have the purging that increases capacity. Then we have faith that trusts God. That what he promised to do, he what? He will do. Okay? The Bible says faith in the God of the impossible. Okay? Take a look at the army lined up to oppose the emergence of a new united kingdom under God. Spiritually, morally, culturally, politically, economically, strategically. The naysayers will chuckle and say, it is a dream. 
But overflow seekers who have read about miracles in the Bible, overflow seekers who have tasted miracles of salvation, healing, provisions in their lives, arise and shout with my God. All things are what? Possible. My prayer is that um, each one of us here will determine to be part of this. Pastor Agu spoke about um, the great prayer experience of yesterday. It's awesome to have such prayer meetings. For those who are present, it will validate and consolidate the reality of communion. That there is a God actually out there who answers, uh, yes. But listen, as awesome and profound as that is, you can't have that every day. At all. So the real struggle is not made of such moments. As wonderful as they are, they're just reassuring for those who participate. It brings a greater reality to them. But the struggle is in the bathroom, is in the highway. Lord, a new, that's all you say. A new United Kingdom under God. Just that, everywhere and anywhere. I tell people that um, um, we have the family altar prayer meeting. We had a couple of prayer requests. You know, I tell the story often now. One of the girls, you know, in the house, she had a child outside wedlock. And the husband just uh, vanished. Or the husband, <laughs> prospective husband, decided he didn't want the marriage. Okay? That was, she came to us with the boy, very small. And the boy is um, eight, nine years. Uh -huh. So at every, at the primary altar, it's one of the prayer requests. It's all written down, you know, that this boy, that his head has turned around, he will continue turning until he come and take his wife and child. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that all the single uh, people there will all get married. Do you know they've all gotten married? But the wonder of wonders, that boy last year he wrote to the girl that uh, just don't, 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 just, just continue, please. Don't be waiting for me. She cried and cried. She said, just let us keep uh, praying. Do you know? I don't know where he went. I don't know what prophet he saw. <laughs> they told him, if you don't marry this girl, you are finished. <laughs> They are married. Yes, the wedding was in May. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, we were glad to celebrate the wedding. And it wasn't Brahmashanda. No. It's just at the family. Uh, yes, you know how people pray at the family altar? They follow the list. Lord, remember this and that. He heard it too. <laughs> yes. It's the amazing thing. You know? And, and, and when we see how prayer actually works, then you would like your voice to be in there. Whether you're driving on the road, but what it shows is that it's on your mind. And God knows when something is on your mind, how you pray about it. Whether it's for one minute or for two minutes, that's passion. That's desire. That's what it takes. So don't worry about all the LGBT, all the this, all the Muslim. All, that, that is not part of your business. 
No, you and I are not into that. Because he knows what to do. That's strategic conversion now. When imam starts saying, whoa, 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 let us face reality, <laughs> then you know God has arisen. And if you're not part of this, please, I beg you. I beg you. Join now. Let us pray. The first step is to surrender your heart to Christ. Because God can only hear your prayer when you belong to him. So if there's anyone here now, you haven't really given your life to Christ. I want to make sure you're in. So come and give your life to Christ. So that your prayers will count. Your prayers will count. Is there someone here this morning? You want to surrender your life to Christ. Just raise your hand where you are. Is there someone? There isn't much time left. Is there someone? The lights are in my eyes. So if there's someone, let me. Ah, uh -huh, thank you. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Okay. Shall we all rise then? I want you to pray from the depths of your heart and say, Lord, I ask you with all my brethren to give us a new united kingdom under God. I commit to praying this daily. A new united kingdom under God. Spiritually, morally, politically. Not a patched up nation. No. A totally re-engineered nation by the power of God. Okay, join me in this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you as your children. Bringing the blood of Jesus Christ to cover anything that may hinder this prayer. Oh Lord our God, we stand on the sacrifice of Calvary where Jesus paid the full price. We stand on the authority that is in his name. And we come before you, O Lord our God, to ask that it may please you to give unto us a new united kingdom in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A united kingdom under God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we stand on the finished work of Calvary to contend with every principality, every power, every ruler of darkness of this world, every spiritual wickedness in high places, position to hinder this prayer. We dislodge them in the name of Jesus. That the answer to this prayer will come through now. Therefore, Lord, we call forth 
a new united kingdom in the hands of the Lord. A new united kingdom in the hand of the Lord. Come forth. Come forth now. Come forth in the name of Jesus. We receive this united kingdom in the hand of the Lord. To the glory of the Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Father, we give you praise and glory. May every single heart that is here be united in this struggle. That we may do all that you desire of us. Until this kingdom, this new united kingdom emerges in earnest. For in Jesus' name we have prayed.